in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Gold, it shines like fire blazing in the night. Supreme of lordly wealth. Yes, gold throughout history has kindled the hottest, most ravaging fires known to humanity. It has burned away men, women, cities, entire civilizations. How can it generate such all-consuming heat, such awesome power? After all, it is such a pale, soft metal. Do you know how much gold there's said to be? A ton. I don't believe it. Do you know how much a ton of gold is worth at today's prices? It's immaterial. Don't you realize it's a wild goose chase? Yes. But at least it's for a golden goose. Our mystery drama, A Ton of Gold, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Earl Hammond and Ralph Bell. I'll be back shortly with Act One. ties that bind us to each other. And of them all, which are the strongest? Love? Loyalty? Fear? Custom? Some of us go through a lifetime without ever putting any of them to the test. A battered, travel-stained jeep bounces along the rocky desert road. We're in a high and lonely area of western New Mexico. Nothing much lives here except sagebrush, cactus, rattlesnakes, and a few Yahweh Indians. And one of them is a man of about 50 who is called Crazy Joe. Right now, he is sitting under a tattered awning of a ramshackle general store and filling station, watching the jeep off in the distance as it slowly comes closer. Now, what is this fella doing out in the heat of the day? Well, takes all kinds. Hey, Rosetta, you want to come out here? Hi. Can I uh, get some gas? Sure. Well? Well, what? I thought you said I could get some gas. Well, you can. When? When? Well, you're just sitting there. Well, I know I'm sitting here. I sure ain't going to sit out there in the sun. Yes, but uh, how am I going to get my gas? Mm. Rosetta, tell her how much you want. Tell it, please, miss. Hey, mister. Yes, what is it? Smile. You'll live longer. Hey, why don't you get out of the sun, huh? If this young lady can put up with it, so can I. Oh, uh, oh I see. That's what's bothering Who you. Who says anything's bothering me? You're thinking, uh, here's this lazy, no-account, shiftless old bum sitting back and letting this poor, skinny little girl do all the work. Huh? I never said that. Well, I didn't say you said it. I said you're thinking it. You'd rather I did it. But if I did it, I wouldn't have no reason to hire her to do it, and she wouldn't have a job, and who'd support her five kids, huh? You? Could I get something to drink? We got cold beer and soda pop. I would like something without sugars, sweeteners, salts, some carbohydrates. Do you have any water? Rosetta, when you're finished, bring him a glass. Hey, uh, what's he got there now? Eight gallons? Except credit cards. Yeah, we'll take it inside and write it up, Rosetta. Here you are, miss. I mean, uh, missus. That little girl, she has five children? Number six on the way. She doesn't talk very much, does she? Well, that's because she's got nothing to say. How far am I from the Yahweh Indian Reservation? You're on it. Oh. 
I wonder if uh, you could help me. I'm looking uh, for a man, a Yahweh. I don't know if he still lives around here. He may not even be alive. The truth is, I, uh, well, I don't know if he ever existed. You know what I think? I think you're looking for me. You? You want a fellow named Joe Raincloud, huh? Joe Raincloud? Yeah, also known as, uh, as Crazy Joe. You're Crazy Joe? Yeah. I can always tell when you fellas come around. What do you mean by you fellas? Treasure hunters. Oh, but I'm not a treasure hunter. Oh, no? I'm a professor of archaeology. Well, comes the same thing in the end. My name is Doughty, Dr. Edwin D. Doughty. Mention was made of you in a monograph written by a Professor Zellman. You're supposed to know where these Zamora gold is hidden. I do. If you guide me to it, I'll be willing to divide it with you. If I wanted to have the gold, I could take it all for myself. Now, couldn't I? Why don't you want the gold? You know why? There's a curse on it. <laughs> Come down. Everyone who's tried to take it away has died. Well, I don't believe that. Well, nobody believes it. Around here, nobody even believes the gold exists. That's why they call me Crazy Joe. You take my advice. You just forget it. Could I hire you to lead me to the gold? As long as you understand that you won't come back alive. <laughs> All right, I shall be ready to start in exactly one week. Oh, I'll be here. Yep. Here was the latest. And no way I could stop him. The idea of all that gold, I guess it just unhinges him. I tell him it's cursed by all the dead spirits of all the murdered Yahweh people. You can't take it away. But the minute you say words like curse and spirits, people figure you're a nut. So what happens to them? They die, all of them. And this one, uh, what's his name? Dowdy? Well, he's going to be next. Right now... He's gone home to make all the preparations for the trip. I hope he remembers to make out his will. But, darling, it will be quite an experience. I'm not sure I want such an experience. I need you. What for? To keep my notes and records. You have your assistant. Oh, Walter will be too busy with other details. Oh, is Walter coming? Yes, of course. Well, why do I have to go? I need someone I can trust. Absolutely. Ah, he's right on time. I'll get it. Walter, come on in. Good evening, Professor. This is Doughty. I have wonderful news. I found him. Him? Joe Raincloud. Crazy Joe. Oh. He agreed to guide us to the treasure. We're to meet him Friday morning. But it doesn't make sense. Walter, my mind is made up. Mrs. Doughty, do you know what he's talking about? A very hot, dusty, uncomfortable journey in the desert. A rumor of some ancient buried treasure. A fool's errand without a doubt. My dear... Almost every archaeological expedition begins as a fool's errand. But this surpasses them all. A man of questionable sanity, a Dr. Zellman. Zellman was one of the most competent, trusted... He wrote about a revolt of Indian gold miners. A shipment of gold was being ready for transport to Spain. The Indians rose up in rebellion, seized the gold, and made their way deep into the wilderness, where they managed to hide it. Now, why is that so difficult to believe? What's hardest of all to believe is that this Indian, this crazy Joe, knows where the gold is hidden and hasn't taken it for himself. <laughs> He believes the gold is cursed. <laughs> Why? Because it brought death to so many thousands of Yahweh men, women, and children. Well, really, practically destroyed the tribe. And you believe him? Yes. 
How much gold is there supposed to be? Zellman says close to a ton. A ton of gold? Mm. Well, how much would a ton of gold be worth? Today? Oh, 15, 16 million dollars. 16 million? Well, well, now that sounds interesting. Till now, we've been sweating in the tropics and freezing in the Arctic, looking for bits of stone and bone. Mrs. Dowdy, don't you realize it's a wild goose chase? Yes. But at least it's for a golden goose. And uh, this is my wife, Mrs. Doughty, and my assistant, Mr. Walter Stafford. This is uh, Joe Raincloud. Uh, you can all call me Crazy Joe. Are you saying that gold is there? Yes, sir. You've seen it personally? Yes, ma'am. I uh, think we're ready. Ruthia, will you ride in the jeep with Walter? I'm sure it'll be more comfortable. Uh, Joe and I will follow in the truck. Before we go, it's only fair for me to tell you folks that you're not coming back. Why do you say that? You'll be dead. Edwin, what is this man talking about? Now, dearest, it's just a superstition. It ain't a superstition. It's fact. It's the curse that's been put on the gold by the spirits of the Yahweh people. <laughs> well, if that's the extent of the problem... I believe we had better start. Okay. But nobody can say they wasn't warned. <laughs> How long should it take? Three, four days. You mean it's that far? Well, in a couple of hours, we're going to head up the mountains. Now, it ain't going to be a road like this. It ain't going to be any road at all, most places. I, I am sorry that you insist on going, Professor. I knew Zellman. Did you show him the gold? Yeah. Well, he came back alive to write about it, didn't he? He decided not to take any of it. Why? He believed me. He took my advice, and he left it. Joe, gold does not have to be used for evil. Yeah? It can be used to do good. You can't prove that by the Yahweh people. Well, I intend to use it for good. Oh? That's so? I intend to establish a research foundation. Oh, I will take a modest stipend, but I'm basically a man of simple taste. Well, how about your wife? Does she have simple taste, too? I can generally convince Ruth that I am right. And how about your assistant, this uh, Walter Stafford fellow? He is as dedicated to research as I am. Now, what do you think? What do I think? About our chances of returning alive with the treasure. You see, I don't completely rule out your story about the curse. You don't? I've studied primitive peoples like the Yahweh's all over the world. Primitive peoples, huh? I have every intention of placating the ancient spirits of your people. Uh, how's that? I will tell them that, that much of this gold will be used to better the lot of the remnants of the Awe people. Well, I am sure they'd be glad to hear that. So you see, Joe, I don't think I have anything to fear from so-called supernatural forces. Well, maybe he had nothing to fear from supernatural forces. But if I was him, I'd worry about natural forces. I looked ahead at the two of them in the jeep in front of us. The wife, the assistant, and I turned to look at the professor. Now, he was a man older than me, every bit of 60. The wife, well, she could have been more than 35, 40 tops. The assistant, maybe 30. Now, the two of them managed to give the impression that they didn't like each other, but the way they were sitting next to each other, I didn't seem to get that idea at all. Well, that night we made camp. After supper, the professor fell fast asleep. After a while, I dozed off myself. 
Now, did I dream this? Or did I actually hear it? Walter? What is it? Can't you sleep either? No. Shall we go for a walk? No. Why not? Suppose he wakes up and sees we're missing. What if he does? He'd never suspect anything. Well, what about the Indian? If you ask me, the Indian knows already. How could he know? I think it's obvious to almost everyone except your husband. Walter, why did you agree to come on the trip? If he'd gone alone, we could have had such a good time by ourselves at home. How can you even ask, Ruth? You know I'm completely dependent on his sponsorship. I know. And I hate it. Well, maybe. Maybe what? I need his recommendation for the teaching post, and that's all there is to it. If you had a... a ton of gold, you wouldn't have to teach, would you? No. I would say not. And if I had a ton of gold, I wouldn't have to be his wife, either. And on such statements of expectation, let us end our first act. So, what do we know? We know there is a deception in domestic arrangements as far as the professor, his wife, and his assistant are concerned. We know that there may be a considerable sum of money in the offing. We know that four people have started out on this expedition. Are you beginning to get the feeling that less than that number may return? Wait for Act Two. was the celebrated Honoré de Balzac who claimed that it was impossible for most married men to keep their wives perfectly happy. Therefore, we find that many of them have what can be charitably labeled as assistance. Most husbands are blissfully unaware of this state of affairs. Professor Edwin Doughty has an assistant in his department of archaeology in the college. Little does the good professor realize that the assistant also assists him at home. But back to the narrator of our story, a certain Joe Raincloud. On the second day, we were in the mountains. Rough, rugged, rocky country. Now, I knew the trail. I'd been here before with other people. It was hard going. I'm pretty sure I was right about them, the wife and the assistant. And so I figured it was time to go to work. What beautiful berries. What are they, Joe? Uh, Hollandina. What's that? An old Indian name. What, what does it mean? Silent Vengeance. Silent Vengeance? Yeah. Very poisonous. Oh, and I was about to eat one. <laughs> it's a good thing you did. Why, why is it called Silent Vengeance? Well, it was used by the women. You know, a wife might suspect her husband was making love to another girl, but she wouldn't say nothing, but... One night, she might squeeze the juice of some of these berries into the old man's supper. And very soon, he'd just keel over quietly. You mean he'd be dead? Dead and gone. A Hollandina berry. And it's such a beautiful, bright red color. So is blood. Joe? Uh, yes, Professor? You think we'll be there tomorrow? Tomorrow, next day, what's the difference? Gold's been there almost for a hundred years. Another day or two won't matter. You mean there's a place where there's this ton of gold 
And you're saying we'll be there tomorrow or the next night? Now, Walter, we've already agreed that gold exists. We haven't agreed, sir. I've come because, well, that's the way you wanted it. We're traversing the ancient road, are we not, Joe? Yeah. What road? The road of the rebellion, as Zellman termed it in his monograph. Uh, there was a medicine man of the Yawi people, and one morning he said, My brothers, too long have we lived as slaves. Let us die like men. And they turned on the overseers and they killed them. You see, Walter, how each nation has a similar legend? Ours is no legend. Ours is the truth. Well, of course, Joe, of course. Well, here's, here's the one thing I don't understand. Why did the Indians take the gold? It had no value for them the way it did for the white man. Why not just make good their escape? Well, I'll tell you why. They kept the gold in order to destroy Garcilaso de Zamora. Now, he was the cruelest of all the Spanish conquistadores. Garcilaso, the butcher. He had to return to Spain to report the loss of the gold. Well, King Philip didn't believe him. He thought it was a scheme whereby Garcilaso could keep the gold for himself. So Garcilaso was hanged, drawn, and quartered, and the Yahweh people were avenged. Where is the gold right now? In a cave where the Yahweh people placed it, deep, deep in the ground. What what form is it in? Just it was found in the mine. Dust. Just like all the people who mined it are now dust. King Philip of Spain is also dust, and his dreams of conquest are dust. With this gold, he could have created an armada that was twice the size of the one he sent against England. An armada that could have won. How do you know all this, Joe? Well, these are stories that every Yahweh learns as he grows up. You know, he hears them when his mother sings him to sleep. He hears them at the council fires. We, the Yahweh, the smallest, the weakest of all the tribes, we changed the history of the white man in Europe. We defeated the Spanish armada. And we are avenged. Wait, this fire's going out. <laughs> I'd better get some more wood. Well, do you uh, believe him now, Walter? I believe him. Yes, I believe him. But, but why is he leading us to the gold? I'd already spoken to the wife. Now it's time to see about the assistant. Was I right about him? I had to be right. There was no other way to look at it. Uh, hey. Hey, you want to give me a hand? What is it? Uh, it start the engine. I want to check on the radiator. All right. Yeah, all right. All right, all right. You can shut it off now. Was there a problem? Well, I'm just making sure that we're not going to have one. We ought to be there tonight, then. Well, we don't fall off a cliff. Mm. Tell me something. Uh, what do you want to do with your share of the money, hmm? My share? Yeah. Yeah, you and the professor and his wife. You decided how you're going to cut up the pie? Uh, no, I hadn't thought about it. Oh, who are you kidding? Huh? What do you mean? Now, there's a ton of gold out there, and you mean you haven't thought about how much of it should be yours? You don't understand. When we go out on an archaeological dig, we don't think of making, uh, keeping what we find. It all goes to a, a museum. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. As long as it's broken pots. Now, was it your idea that this ton of gold is going to go to a museum? Well, as I say, I... I hadn't thought about it. I guess he must have thought about it all morning. Because when we stopped to have us a little bite of lunch and tried to get out of the heat of the day, all of a sudden... 
Professor, about the gold. Uh, yes, Walter. What are we going to do with it? We're going to set up the Edwin Doughty Research Foundation. With the entire amount? Yes, of course. And none of us is to get any of it for our own use? Walter, that's certainly not in the scientific spirit. But this is gold. Yes, I'm aware of that. This gold does not belong to you to do with as you see fit. Walter, I'm afraid I don't understand. You understand, all right. Look, I am in charge of this expedition. Who elected you? Walter, I think you are forgetting yourself. No. Maybe I'm remembering. I mean to have my share. Your share? There's four of us. Joe doesn't want any. Okay. That leaves three of us. I think this is a pointless discussion. I'm going to take a third, whether you like it or not. A third, eh? It should be a half. After all, you and Ruth are husband and wife. Walter, I'm willing to forget this silly outburst. There's nothing silly about it. I'm going to get what's coming to me. I stretched out a canvas, and the professor took his nap. I was about to relax myself when I noticed that the wife and the assistant were missing. They must have taken a walk. Where? Then I saw them. They were down the hill a little ways, behind the truck. Now, if I moved carefully, I could get close enough to hear them without being seen. Walter, why did you irritate him? Mm, certain things had to be set forth and understood. He's determined to create this foundation of his. It will be the crowning achievement of his career. Where does that leave you? Me. Us. Walter. Darling. He's not going to do it. No, I heard that tone in his voice. He means it. So? Are we going to let him? I'm not. How can you stop him? I'm just going to take what I consider to be my fair share. He can't stop me. I'm afraid he can. That's impossible. I'm bigger and stronger. I'm half his age. But he has something you don't. What? A gun. A gun? He hates guns. He won't have one on an expedition for any reason. He's got a gun. I can't believe it. It's an automatic pistol. I saw him pack it away in his musette bag. You know, the one he carries with him all the time. Why? Why did he have a gun? It's an interesting question, isn't it? It only means I'm going to have to take it away from him. I knew about the gun. I had seen it in the bag as he sat beside me in the truck. Things were right on schedule. Maybe even a little bit ahead. And I sneaked back up the hill. I figured I could use a little nap myself. And when I woke up, I saw the professor was looking through some papers. Think it's uh, time we got rolling? Uh, Where's Walter? Down at the Jeep. And you folks want to get moving, I'll start bringing the stuff down. I'll be with you in a few minutes. I just want to go over these papers. Uh, Ruth, uh, would you take a few notes, please? Yeah, the others will be down soon. Will we be there by nightfall? Yeah, just about. You going to knock the old boy off? What are you talking about? I just asked a simple question. Of all people. What? And it only needs a simple answer. Yes. No. Now, you didn't see either one. Maybe you're not sure yet. Now, the only thing is, a ton of gold can usually win any argument. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. Now, you should start thinking about a couple of things. This discussion is in very bad taste. Murder is always in bad taste. What are you going to do about her? Now, I know all about you and her. Two of you are cheating on him. 
you're crazy. Oh, that's right. I'm crazy, Joe. But she's a little older than you. Well, she's the boss's wife. He don't take care of her in uh, certain ways. Uh, you know what I mean. Now, you're young. You're good-looking. And it had to happen. But now what? If you kill him, you're stuck with her for life. Now, now she's okay for now. But when you own a ton of gold, you can spread those wings. Huh? Can you imagine the kind of dames you can have? Now, she gonna hold still for it? <laughs> There's something to think about. No? It is definitely something to think about, yes. The act of murder is usually simple. A quick blow, a single shot, a sudden thrust, and the deed is done. The complications usually set in afterwards. And just when you believe that it's all over, you discover it has only just begun. Our third act will begin shortly. Unfortunately, we have many murders that are committed by criminals in the pursuit of their activities. It is also true that many more are committed by people who really cannot be considered as belonging to the criminal class. There are people who have never killed, who have never even conceived of killing, and who suddenly find themselves in a situation where they have lost all control, where the morality that has guided their conduct till now is suddenly swept away. How many times have I seen it happen? And I know I'm going to see it happen again. Well, we were getting ready for the last leg of the trip. That night, we would reach the cave and the gold. Now, she was sitting in the jeep, and the professor just called over the assistant. Walter, could you come over here for just a moment? There's the most interesting rock formation. So, you're going to kill the professor, huh? dare you say that? Oh, well, you dare to do it, I can dare to say it. What gives you the right to make such a monstrous accusation? Because it happens to be true. So, you kill him. Hmm? And then what? You'll have the gold, sure, sure. But you'll also have each other. Now, this young fella's not bad for now. <laughs> he ain't no live wire. Now, you're gonna have a ton of gold. Millions of guys will be after you. The kind of guys you always dreamed about. But what's the use? You and Walter are going to be stuck with each other as long as you live. We'd uh, better be getting started, uh, Joe. Are, are you ready? Uh, oh, yes. Yes, Professor. I guess we are all of us ready. Is it much further? Well, it looks like it's just uh, about another mile. Oh, then uh, we're practically there. Yeah, well, I was hoping to get there before dark. Hey, hey, can I ask you something? Of course. Why do you have a gun? Gun? Yeah, the gun in your musette bag. Oh, uh, that gun. In case of uh, snakes or a wild animal? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, only if that's why you got it, I don't see why you don't wear it. So if you need it, you know, it's handy. It's not going to do you much good packed away in a bag now, is it? Oh, I uh, hadn't thought about that. Oh. Well, what, what do you plan to do? Huh? Kill them both? I'm afraid I don't understand. But uh, maybe you figure that uh, you have to kill them. 
Are you aware of what you're saying? It's the only way you could use the money the way you want to. Joe, I'm afraid you've taken leave of your senses. Maybe it has nothing to do with the gold. Maybe you found out about the two of them. Well, you have to know about them. You'd have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to see it. Maybe. Maybe I have been. Well, whenever it is, it's your own business. Uh, uh, just one little question. After you do it, what do you plan to do about me? <clears throat> Wasn't a bad question. But these three people, they were so full of themselves, they didn't stop to think about me. Well, sooner or later, they'd have to think about me. And of course, I was thinking about me all the time. Suddenly, suddenly we were there. It was night. But there was a big desert moon, and the place was almost as bright as day. Well, we're here, folks. Uh, where is the cave? Uh, it's uh, behind those rocks. And how did the rocks get here? The cave is very high and hollow. I guess if you make a noise inside, you start vibrations and it uh, causes a rock slide. Well, let's start getting the area cleared. Why don't, why don't we have supper first, sir? I'm not hungry. Nor am I. Well, it's going to take hours. Well, the sooner we begin, the better. Uh, Joe, there are picks and shovels in the truck. Well, why don't you men start working and I'll prepare supper? Uh, you want to prepare supper, ma'am? Well, I know it's your job, Joe, but I don't mind. Certainly not tonight. Come on, what are we waiting for? Hey, please. Now, listen to me for a minute. I told you I'd bring you to the place, and I did. I also told you about the spirits of the Yahweh people. If you'll forgive me, Joe, you're repeating yourself. No, no, I, I only want to say this. Whether or not you come back home alive is up to you. The curse of the gold is either inside you now or it isn't. If it is, save yourselves. Drive out the curse. <laughs> But they weren't listening. The gold. It was a fever. And a fever can kill. And that was the curse. But you couldn't talk to them. They worked and worked until the last rock was removed from in front of the cave. I kept watching each of them. She had built a fire. She was busy cooking. But I was watching her. Every move she made. And I have to tell you, she made some pretty interesting moves. And then... Finally, the last rock was pushed out of the way. We did it. Let's get the lanterns and go inside. Now, why don't we eat supper first? Yes, that's, that's a good idea. Now, let's go inside first. Oh, but everything's hot now and, and, and ready. The gold can wait. Come on, sit down, everyone. I've made a delicious stew. Oh, that smells so good. I didn't know you were such a good cook. Well, I'm not really. It's just that you're very hungry. Oh, Joe, uh, would you pass me your plate, please? Uh, no, thanks, ma'am. I'm not hungry now. Are you sure? I can't persuade you. No, I'm kind of tired. Maybe later. Mmm. What a deliciously tart taste. I watched real close. The two men were packing it away. But she didn't eat a single bite. A delicious, tart taste, the professor had said. That was the Hollandina berry. That delicious taste would stay with you for maybe an hour. And it would be the last taste you would ever know. Finally, they was finished. I noticed the uh, professor put on his music bag. I guess that should have told me something. Are we uh, ready to enter the cave? Let's go. We'll each take a lantern. Uh, Joe, will you lead the way? No. No? No, I can't go in there. It's taboo for me. 
But you agreed to lead us to the gold. Oh, you, you'll find it. It's maybe 20 feet inside against the wall. You'll see the leather sacks all piled up. You'll also see the bones. What kind of bones? The people who went there before you. Oh. If they're bones, they're dead. What can they do to you? Water, Ruth, are you ready? All right, follow me. Uh, I'll be waiting out here. And remember, don't make any loud noises. Any kind of vibration can set up a rock slide. I don't think they heard a word I said. They rushed into the cave. Well, I followed them as far as the entrance. For a moment, they seemed to be a chill by the sight of the bones. But there was another sight that took first claim. The sight of them leather sacks. The seams of some of them had rotted away, and the bright yellow dust was sprinkled in heaps all over the floor. I listened. The cave was so high, so hollow, you could hear every word. The gold... There's a ton of gold. We've been sold. Gold. Oh, don't, don't, don't shout. Listen, to what? I didn't hear anything. I thought I heard a rumbling. Joe's right. Better not make any noise. I can't get over it. There is a ton of gold. Yes, gold. And now it's time for us to have an accounting, Ruth. Walter? What are you looking for, Professor? There's no point in rummaging around in your musette bag. If this pistol is what you're after, I've got it. Walter! When you weren't looking, Professor. I see. Well, Walter, now what? You said it was time for an accounting. I want half of the gold. I see. And are you offering me the other half at the pistol point? No. The other half belongs to Ruth. The two of you then have decided to kill me. You have decided to kill us. That's why you brought the gun. Do you feel you can trust each other? She has already betrayed her husband. And you have betrayed your employer, your friend. It... It's funny. What's funny, Professor? Uh, I just... It's going to be your last joke. We'd like to share it with you. I can't talk very well. It doesn't matter. Hard to breathe. Ah. Ah, the pain. The pain. Do, do, do you have a pain in your stomach? Do you? A pain? <laughs> the joke. The last joke. It's a joke on both of us. What are you talking about? Is it hard for you to breathe? Don't you see... She did it. What? She poisoned us. Poisoned? That's the joke. It's on you. It's on me. She she betrayed us both. She can't kill us. I can't move. I'm going to do... Professor. Professor Dowdy. He's dead. You killed him. And you killed me, too? No. No, I swear, Walter. Believe me. Oh, not, not you. Just him. I, I did it to save your life. Don't you understand? He had the pistol. I, I didn't know you would steal it. I, I can't breathe. Don't point that gun at me, Walter. Please. My stomach. 
There's a fire in my stomach. No, no, darling, you're imagining it. You, you killed me. It's just his way of, of working on your imagination to, to destroy us. I didn't poison you. Why would I? Because you want it all for yourself. No. Just like I want it all for myself. Please, Walter, believe me. No, Ruth. I, I'm dying. I know it. But before I die... I'm going to take you with me. Please, Walter, don't shoot me, don't. Stand still. I'll only take a second. It won't even hurt. No! Goodbye, Ruth. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Walter! It's a landslide. No, no, we will be sealed up in here until the next party comes along to look for the treasures of Garcilaso de Zamora. It's a ton of gold, and it's here for the taking. The problem is, you've got the curse of the ancient spirits of the Yahweh people. I'm not exactly sure that's the problem. The problem could be the curse that each of us carries. In some of us, it's right out there on the surface. In others, it's buried so deep, we hardly know we have it until it's aroused by a desire we never knew before. I shall return shortly. I can't see germs. How do I know they're there? Oh, well, you know all right. Who are you? I am Salmonella. And I am his pal, Arnie. Us germs live on meat and poultry and on foods made with eggs and dairy products. And when they're left out of room temperature for over two hours, we grow and grow. And you germs make food taste bad, don't you? Not necessarily. Yeah, we're sneaky. But after you've eaten food we've gotten to, you'll know. Yeah, tummy cramps, headache, nausea, and also you can... Ethan Mithers, you're starting to gross me out. Tough, kid. It's the germs creed to spread food poisoning on an equal opportunity basis. Yeah, to the high and the mighty and to you. Oh, well, my mom knows how to outsmart you germs. I keep food apart, I keep them cold. Free booklet right to Food Safety, U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington 20250. What is there in that pale, soft metal that enables it to rule the world? Who made the decision that gold should be the standard of value for all of us? And why do we continue to abide by it? Our story concerned a ton of gold. But if you were alone, isolated by a severe winter storm with temperatures below zero, if your life depended on keeping warm, would you rather have that ton of gold or a ton of coal? Our cast included Earl Hammond, Ralph Bell, Carol Tytel, and Gordon Gould. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now... A preview of our next tale. Is it illegal to change one's name? Ah, but it is suspicious. Now, madam, a hustle is a hustle. But to take advantage of a father's vulnerability... I am only trying to help. What you are doing is illegal. Is it? I only promised I would reach his daughter spiritually, Lieutenant. 
I approach you filled with the spirit of cooperation. This is a job for scientific police work. Has scientific police work yielded any tangible results so far? Let me contact her spirit. Contact her spirit? You have not been able to contact her body. <sighs> Look, I really don't have time for this kind of nonsense. Huh. Lieutenant, why do you fight me? Why do you refuse to open your mind to an infinite variety of other possibilities? Madam, I am telling you, watch your step. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.